0: Welcome to The Female CEO Show. I'm your host, Courtney Quinn. I'm a corporate dropout turned serial entrepreneur with a passion for helping female business owners step into your power and reach your full potential in business and in life. I'm on a mission to empower more women to become their own boss while teaching them how to do it in a healthy, scalable way that supports your dream life so that you're running a business and not owning a business that runs you. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or you're still toying with the idea of diving into your own business, you're in the right place if you're looking for tools to support you as you are navigating the world of entrepreneurship as a woman, because I'm going to get real with you on how to do so. Here you can find raw advice, major breakthroughs, actionable takeaways, mindset shifts, and unfiltered opinions to make this journey more fun and fulfilling, less stressful, and even more freeing. Plus, you'll find plenty of epic female entrepreneur guests to educate and inspire you. The Female CEO Show is filled with marketing and social media advice, mindset and mental health tips. We cover all aspects of business ownership and so much more to support you in your entrepreneur journey. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for joining me on this very first episode of the Female CEO Show podcast. I want to take this time to tell you a little bit about me, my story, my journey, what I'm doing with my entrepreneurial career. So you understand why I'm doing this, why you should listen to me at all, why I might have tips, tricks, and advice that is a beneficial for you um, and kind of paint the picture for you. So starting real quick with today, where I'm at, what I'm doing. Hello, my name is Courtney, Courtney Quinn. Um, I have a digital marketing agency called Quinn Creative Co. It is a six-figure, essentially like social media marketing and management agency. So think social media management, ad management, influencer management, web design, graphic design, all of that stuff is what I'm doing, what me and my team are doing and what we have created. The business is less than two years old, actually. So I saw really quick growth and was able to scale my business quickly. So I'm looking forward to being able to share more of that with you, but I'm really looking to create a safe place for female entrepreneurs through this show, a place of realness, because I'm just so tired of everything feeling so fake in this area. Of female entrepreneurship in the coaching industry and all of that. Like everything just feels fake and icky and like untrue. And we know that social media is just a highlight reel of everybody is a best wins. And I want to be able to create a space where we can talk about the good stuff, but also the bad stuff, the stuff that is real. Because female entrepreneurship is so nuanced. Like, it's so complicated. It is so layered. It is an onion. It is not simple. And there is so much that I have learned and so much that I have observed since kind of stepping in to this world of entrepreneurship that I just never would have imagined would have been part of it or would have been so necessary for me to find success. And I really just want to talk about that. I don't want this to be entirely like a technical show. Like my professional expertise does lie in social media, but let's be honest, I feel like we're all kind of tired of hearing social media tips and tricks. And while I'm happy to share that, if that's stuff you're interested in, I'm looking to have different Conversations, things that are unique, things that are exciting, and provide all of us with tools and resources to make our lives easier, to make business easier, and to help us build businesses that we are running, to help us build businesses that are helping us create our dream lives, and that we aren't owning businesses that are absolutely running us and dictating our lives. Because I'm sure that's not why any of us got into entrepreneurship in the first place. You know, we get into entrepreneurship for the freedom for the flexibility. And then how often do we end up working like 16 hour days straight, completely chained to our computer, like an absolute slave to our business? And have no quality of life, have no flexibility, have no freedom. And that's the entire reason that we got into business in the first place. So that's really how I lead as a CEO and in business is creating a business that is flexible and that does help me build my dream life. I am not of the belief that I have to grind a few years and have no quality of life to be able to have a good life in the future life is so incredibly short and we take that for granted so often that I don't want to spend the next five years of my life just grinding being a slave to my computer and like missing out on this time of my life So I can have a business in the future that provides me with flexibility and provides me with freedom. Like we're throwing that belief out. Like you can have it all right now, no matter if you're just starting your business, no matter if you're a year in, if you're five years in, whatever that looks like, I am sure you probably don't have the balance in your life that you want. I feel like that is... Something we're constantly chasing and working towards. And that's what the Female CEO Show is about, is helping you find that balance, is helping you find those tools that work for you and that click for you. And I'm so over the belief, the assumption that everything that's posted on social media by a guru by a successful business person by an entrepreneur by someone who's making a lot of money is like that we should hold their words that their words are like worth their weight in gold you know like that's just and you like try and implement that into your business and it just doesn't work that's like a square peg going into a round hole and you're like why won't this work and we're taking all of these Bits and pieces from other people that we admire or who have had success in their business, and it just doesn't work. Then that's so frustrating. But I've learned that you really have to figure it out on your own. And just like with social media, and just like with likely whatever you're doing in your business, it's all about testing and it is about plugging and playing, it's about throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks, and just continually throwing things until you find something that sticks, and that works. That's really the heart of this show, and where I want to take this, so you can kind of decide if that's something you are interested in, or that you would find valuable, and if it's something you want to continue tuning into, uh, because that's very much where I'm looking to go with this show. But like, let's just break the mold, ladies. Like I, it's time for a change. It's time to do things differently. Because everyone is just out there copying each other. And it's exhausting. And you can say that you're taking inspiration from someone, but like we're just copying everyone and are all like unhappy in a way, like, you know, things just aren't working. And we're like, why are they not working? I'm doing everything that she's doing. And that's exactly why it's not working. So let's shake things up. Let's change things around. And that is the heart of this show. So let's dive into my story a little bit, who I am, what the heck I'm doing here, why I have any chops as an entrepreneur or to be having these conversations with women. And yeah, so let's take it back to the very beginning, essentially. I grew up in a household where my father was a small business owner. And I saw the flexibility that it gave him in his life. That he could take off for a week and go on a family vacation. That he could come to school and have lunch with me on my birthday. And he just had these flexibilities that I watched a lot of my other friends' parents not have, who had more traditional nine-to-five office jobs. You know, they weren't able to just leave in the middle of the day. They weren't able to go on vacation. Like, they weren't able to come home early. Um, Every... Friday, for a period of time, I can't remember what year it was. I might have been in like eighth grade or something. My dad would pull me out of school and would take me to a Kansas City barbecue restaurant. (laughs) And we would just do fun things like that that other kids couldn't do because their parents couldn't do. And I loved that. It was so cool, but I just saw the flexibility that it gave him. And I envied that. I wanted that for myself in the future, to have that flexibility, to have that freedom that he had. And I'm not saying he didn't work hard because he would come home a lot from work and would also like end up in his office and work for a while longer, or he'd work on the weekends. But I watched that give and take. I watched that poll of he took off Friday, so he's going to spend half of Saturday working. But I was like, that, like, I want that. So I went into high school, you know, wanting to be this big businesswoman. I had these like huge aspirations of like having multiple homes across the world of like flying on private jets and being this like badass business bitch (laughs) and just like taking over the world. But I think when I was envisioning that for myself. I was more like, I was a CEO, but I think it was more of like a corporation CEO or something. Like, I don't think I really envisioned it as my own business, but nonetheless still had those big business aspirations and like big goals for my life. Like I wanted to learn Mandarin so I could make business deals in China, and crazy stuff. Uh, But I didn't know what I wanted to do really. And I was never that person who always had like a dream job or something that I wanted to do. And so I go to college and I have to pick a major (laughs) and I knew I was going to business school, but I did not know what I actually wanted to major in. And I remember being so scared of pigeonholing myself into one thing, you know, of pigeonholing myself into finance or into marketing or into being an accountant Because that didn't give me freedom. And I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I got a degree in business administration, which at my university was really flexible. You know, it was kind of like a build your own major. And you could choose the areas that you wanted to concentrate in and kind of build your own course curriculum that like met the requirements for the major, which was so, so cool. So I dove in heavy into entrepreneurship. We had an entire entrepreneurship department, which I loved. The teachers were so incredible. And so I leaned really heavy into that while still taking accounting, while still taking finance, while still taking marketing, um, and all of the like core business classes. So I came out of college feeling really well-rounded with what I knew and what I had going on. Um, And it was more of like a jack of all trades, master of none kind of degree. (laughs) But I felt like that gave me an upper hand um, because even come my junior year, um, well, I I only went to college for three years. So it was like my sophomore slash junior year, my second year of college. (laughs) I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew That I didn't want to go corporate. That just felt so icky, so heavy to me. And I had tried (laughs) to start a couple businesses at this point. You know, never anything came to fruition. But I had this notebook just full of ideas, full of logos, full of business names. I was and still am very, very passionate about shark conservation And so I was really wanting to create like a fashion line uh, that had to do with sharks and like the proceeds would go to charity um, and like conservation foundations and things like that. (laughs) And so I had this notebook like full of designs to put on merch and nothing came of that. And in my entrepreneurship class, we had to create a product not like physically, but just like come up with an idea for a product and like create an entire business plan. And my team's product won, um, by way of our teacher, like won the class. And so there was a business pitching competition or something, um, where we presented our business idea and, I know we did not win that. We might've gotten third, but we still got some money, which was awesome. But like, this was really kind of blooming in me, but this was like a physical product that was going to have to be created. And that felt really, really overwhelming to me. And I didn't really know what to do. And it kind of just like, just kind of like died in the water and I didn't really do anything with it. But as I'm going through college, I am I'm trying to find ways to create my own company. So I can be my own boss. And so I don't have to go into corporate. But um, in one of the business classes I was in, it was a requirement like for a grade that we had to go to the career fair. And the business school was putting on a career fair, all of these massive corporations would come and you could meet with recruiters, uh, share your resume with them, you know, sign up for interviews for internships or full time jobs, get more information, apply, you know, all of that jazz. And I remember being so angry (laughs) that I had to go because I, I didn't want to go corporate, I knew I wasn't going to go corporate, I knew that wasn't my journey. And I was like, this is just a waste of my time. And I remember being like, I'm not gonna go. But I was such a, I was such a good student, honestly, like I took school way too seriously. And that's a conversation that we can have another day. Um, but I like dragged my feet to the very end. And finally was like, Okay, you have to go now. And so I went and I showed up (laughs) as late as I possibly could. And like, talk to my teacher so I could get my grade, get my points, and went around and, I think, handed out my resume to, like, three companies or something. Well, well, well. I leave the career fair with an interview for a very competitive, uh, sought-after internship. And our business school was decently small and i was in a like leadership program within the business school that was even smaller the business school was very competitive and then inside of this program it was really competitive it was like the top students in the business school and so that kind of like fueled my fire a little bit. And I've, I've always been this way. I remember I almost took the SAT just to see if I could get into Harvard for funsies. Like I had no desire to go there. Same with, um, oh, why can't I think of it? The military college. Why can't I think of the name? Anyways, like I wanted to apply there, like just for funsies to see if I could get in. Had absolutely no desire to go to a military college. And then I realized in both of those scenarios that I would be taking away an application or like an entry for someone who really wanted to go there. So I stopped. Um, but I have that like competitive nature. So I have this interview for a sales internship. And it was so sought after because they relocated you. So they would ship you off to a new city for the summer. They would pay for your living and you would get a company car. And it was for a pet food company. So like fun, you know, (laughs) dogs. And so I went in with that. And did the interview, landed the job, and decided to accept it. And they were going to send me to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I pack up, head to Pittsburgh for the sales internship. And I'm super excited because most juniors, the internship that they take usually extends into a full-time offer. So you can kind of sit back and relax senior year. Like you don't have to worry. You already have a full-time job. Once you graduate, you're good to go. And I was doing prescription pet food sales. So I was going into vet clinics as a sales rep for this pet food brand. And it was prescription pet food. So we were at vet clinics. Like Your pet has to be prescribed this food to be able to get it. And I took over, like, 25 accounts and was solely managing those accounts. Um, And Pittsburgh was not my place. (laughs) Not my place at all. And the job wasn't really my thing either. And in all fairness, it could have been if I wasn't in Pittsburgh, maybe. Or if there had been other interns there. But I was just alone with my dog. And it was just kind of lonely. It was just weird. And like my best friends there were my managers. (laughs) So I think if the situation had been different, it could have been something that I loved because the company was incredible. I still feed my dogs that brand. I love that company. I loved the people that I worked with. It just wasn't the best experience. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe sales isn't for me. Although like they adopted like, the, the actual territory managers, like, adopted some of the sales techniques and, like, the sales things that I was doing into their, like, own professional practice that, like, I, an intern, had created. But I was like, no, sales isn't for me. Which fast forward to now as an entrepreneur, that is hilarious. <laughs> because as an entrepreneur, you are a salesperson through and through. But I thought, you know, this isn't for me. So I come back to school and I am just absolutely like devastated. I remember having just like an emotional breakdown in the parking lot of Dairy Queen with my best friend at the time (laughs) about like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I started working in the consulting department of our entrepreneurship school. And I was paired with a professor in the architecture school who had created this product, but had no business sense and needed help. So I was kind of his business sense in a way and was helping him and was like, wow, I really like consulting. This is super cool. I think this is what I want to (laughs) do. And so I started going down that rabbit hole and interviewed with a couple of companies, like really big companies, and realized that I was going to be away from home. Like, 98% of the time and I was like that's not what I want to do Uh, And I have a dog at this time. I have a boyfriend. I'm like this just isn't Feasible and then I find a company in kansas city That is offering a consulting position. So I was like, yep, I want this I interviewed I did multiple interviews. It was great. I went and visited the office did more interviews Office was awesome. The team was awesome. The culture was awesome And I was gonna get a do exactly what I wanted to do. Or so I thought. I, and it's corporate, by the way, like I'm going corporate, she's going corporate. So I get to work. And I like before I even started work, like I realize this is not right. Like This is not going to be a fit. And I'm getting like really anxious over the summer. And kind of like, depressed a little bit because I don't have anything going on, but I know this isn't quite right. So I'm like, what can I do? And this is back in 2018. And people who were able to like make a full time income as a blogger, influencer, like making an income from Instagram was actually becoming a thing. And I was like, well, I'm going to start a blog. Because I was looking for workwear, like office outfit inspiration for new college graduates. So it had to be professional. For me, it had to be comfortable. And it needed to be affordable too. And there just wasn't really anyone in the online space that was doing that. And so I saw this gap in the market. I dove right into that niche and started a workwear fashion Instagram page with the goal of monetizing it in the future. So I'm pouring everything into this over the summer. I'm like learning about Instagram. I'm growing my following organically. Like I'm really pouring into this and having a lot of fun with it. I start work and immediately realize this isn't even what like I thought I was going to be doing. Like not only is this not the right fit, like this is literally not what I thought I was going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I remember Mm -hmm. saying to someone like, this is not what like so-and-so who interviewed me told me I was going to be doing. And they're like, oh yeah, he doesn't even work here anymore. Like, (sighs) so this dude's gone who had, you know, told me what I was going to be doing, who promised me that I'd be able to do what I wanted. And no, turns out I am spending all day, every day in Excel, like three screens, three computer screens. And usually, like, at least three Excel spreadsheets up. One on every screen. It was mind-numbing. Like, mind-numbing. I could feel my brain go numb. It was terrible. And we were just, like, plugging in numbers. Essentially, what I was was a controls operation specialist. So what we were doing was we were... Consulting and auditing companies on the internal controls that they had in place to help prevent fraud. And so we're working with these big companies, like a lot of financial institutions, and we are checking to make sure that, like, the rules that they have in place that they're actually doing. So, like, when someone quits. That their email is terminated, that they have to turn in their badge, um, you know, that they have to turn in their computer, like some of that stuff was really simple and other stuff was more complex, but that's like a good example. So we would test, like we would pull a population of, you know, of people who had quit and then like go through the steps to make sure like, okay, was her badge taken? Was her email turned off and all of this stuff? And we would have to spend a lot of time in conference rooms of these companies. And essentially, like we were auditors. People did not like us. We they had to do like extra work for us. You know, we're having to have them like pull things. We're taking them away from their day to day job. And we're auditors. No one likes an auditor. I didn't I didn't want to be an auditor. I didn't know that's what I'm doing. And I'm working at an accounting firm, like a public accounting firm, big corporate public accounting firm. I, (laughs) I never would have put myself through accounting school, like literally never. And I'm working with, and I did did not do very well in accounting either. (laughs) And I'm working with accountants, like so many CPA, certified public accountants, and people who went to school for accounting. And that's just a different type of person than I was, you know, like, they were happy and fine doing that, like, Excel number plugging work, and, like, I couldn't bear it, and when you fast forward to today and realize that I'm running a digital marketing agency, like, <laughs> that starts to make sense, like, I'm so much more big picture and creative, and I was working with these people who were just, like, really into numbers, you know, an accountant, someone who just has, like, was like, a smaller personality, a bit more reserved, like, Can really focus in. Isn't a big picture person. Isn't very creative. Like they're much more like right brain to my left brain. If that's the right, the right sides of the brain. (laughs) And it just wasn't a fit. And so I'm still working on my Instagram. Realizing that it's a little bit harder to monetize than I had once anticipated. But I know that this isn't right. And my mental health is spiraling, like not good. And on one particularly depressing work trip to Minnesota in December, I was snowed in to my hotel. And usually like when you get on a work trip and you're like with a team, you guys like all hang out. Not this trip. Like it was 530 and I was back in my hotel room for the night alone. And uh, I had oatmeal for dinner, like instant oatmeal that was in my backpack because I couldn't leave an Uber or Uber Eats, like DoorDash couldn't come. It was so depressing. And I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> and I get a DM on my blog Instagram from someone with like a a network marketing opportunity, like an MLM pyramid scheme type thing. And normally I ignore those messages hard, but I was like, you know what? I am bored, entertain me. Like what you got, hit me with it. And she sends me to the profile of one of her mentors who's like in her young twenties is making a stupid amount of money per month, like multiple five figures a month, and is traveling, skydiving, like doing whatever the hell she wants. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks amazing. Like that looks like my Willy Wonka golden ticket out of corporate. And I sit on it for a month about like, if I should do it, if I shouldn't do it. I remember telling my mom, like, I think I'm going to join a pyramid scheme. (laughs) Like, uh, and I end up doing it. And I went all in. Like, I took it so seriously. I was like, let's go. And I was good at it. In the first month, I hit two ranks. So I like double ranked in my first month, which was like a big deal. Like not a lot of people did that. So I was like, okay, like I can do this. And I just kept going. (laughs) And it was working. And I had a team of, I mean, over a hundred women that I was working with and like, things were going really well. And at my corporate job, I'm working like 10 hour days. And so I'm just working my network marketing business in the spare, like max three hours a day that I have. I was grinding so hard. And my boyfriend was like, if you're able to be this successful, With only a little bit of time each day. Like imagine what you would be able to do. If you had all day. And I was like. Oof. You're right. And so I work up the nerve. To tell my dad. That I'm going to quit. And to tell my manager. To tell my boss. Like everything. And I quit. I quit my corporate job. To sell a network marketing product. (laughs) And... I was so ready to do that. I had no safety net. I had built up a nice savings while working corporate. I lasted in corporate for a year and I just went to town like full-time job was network marketing. I went all in and it was working like it was working. Business was growing. Business was booming Shortly thereafter, I got the biggest check that I had ever received in my entire life. Like, bigger than any of my corporate checks. Bigger than any check I've ever gotten. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And so I keep going. And the pandemic hits. And I am at a rank where there's a big jump. But the next rank is when I get the the free car. I say that with air quotes when I get the free car. And so I'm, it's just like a dangling in front of me, like a carrot, this free car. I'm like, I've got to do this. I've got to get this. Like once you hit that rank, like you were really like something, you know, I was already in the top 2% of my network marketing company where I was. And so I was pushing so hard and it was like, things just couldn't come together. Like they just kept being missed. I was missing things by, just a hair. And some months I'd be really close and some months I'd be really far away. And I did this dance for a year of being on this hamster wheel at the exact same rank for a year trying to get this free car. And it was exhausting. It was so frustrating And I had a team of, you know, like 100 to 200 women under me at this point. And once you get that many women together, things can kind of start to implode. So like one of my, the teams beneath me, they were all like really close friends and like a bunch of drama broke out and like that whole team just kind of like disintegrated. And that was kind of like the beginning of the end. Because things just kind of started crumbling. And I'm holding on for dear life. But I have a kind of come to Jesus moment with myself. Like, okay, it has now been, or like at the end of this month, it will be one year since you hit like the top 2% of the company. Make it happen this month. Get the car or we're done. We're walking away. And so I went in ready to make it happen and just like nothing happened and so I was like okay this isn't happening this isn't for me and the the hustle culture inside of this network marketing company was so incredibly toxic oh gosh and everyone was just out for themselves everyone wanted their own paychecks and you made money off of the people beneath you and off of the performance of the people beneath you so everyone above you was just Fake as fuck, pretending like they cared about you, but they just cared about themselves and their own paycheck. And I just had to get out of there. And so I had a like actual quarter life crisis for a month or two, trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life. I did not, I was, and at this time, I was living in my in law's basement with my boyfriend. <laughs> and I was like, what am I going to do? I do not want to go back to corporate. I don't want to get an office job. Like I know that I could if I wanted to, but I do not. And I started applying to all of these boutiques around me. I was like, oh, we're at a boutique. Like that'll be so fun. It'll get me out of the house and I can figure out what to do from there. And so I'm applying to all of these local cute boutiques around me and I start offering or like adding you know to my resume that I know social media and that I can help with their social media and I am reaching out to the owners and like everything just isn't working out I applied for like an assistant manager position at a new boutique that was opening near me and I was like I have this in the bag like I was so excited I did not get it I never even heard back and I was like what is happening Well, I look at my resume and there was a typo. (laughs) I had like a, there was a huge gap on my resume from when I quit my corporate job to when I even started the network marketing job, when in reality they overlapped by like nine months, eight months but there was this huge gap. So it looked like I'd gotten fired from my corporate job and then just sat around for a while before I started a network marketing opportunity. Like, no wonder no one wanted to hire me. (laughs) And I could not believe that when I saw that. I remember I even like, I applied to Ulta. Like, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, something's got to give. And I'm like, okay, well, none of that worked out. And I screwed that all up myself. What's the reason? Like, why did that happen? I'm a huge believer in everything happening for a reason. So I was like, okay, what now? Because I have sent a just like bad resume out to like every local boutique in town. What am I going to do? And I started thinking, like, okay, what can I do that will continue to allow me to work from home, work in my sweats, be a stay at home dog mom, and help people? Like, how can I make an impact? How can I? make a difference in people's lives. How can I help people? And I realize, okay, I actually know a thing or two about social media. And I think, I don't remember who I was having a conversation with. I think it was my mom. And I think she was asking me some questions and I was telling her, and I was like, huh, the stuff that I know about social media is so second nature to me. Because not only had I, you know, started that blog Which did end up eventually, like, fizzle out because my mental health got so bad Um, in the corporate setting. I was like, how can I show up? And, like, here's my outfit for work today when I am, like, going to have a panic attack (laughs) today. Like, when I'm crying about having to go into work. Like, it just felt really fake. And I was like, I can't continue to almost, like, glamorize corporate when... I'm having the worst time of my life, but I also wasn't at a point in my life yet where I was like comfortable being vulnerable like that and like sharing that. Um it felt more like airing my dirty laundry, and I didn't want to do that. Uh, and now I look back and think, well, that might have been like relatable that might have benefited people if I had shared that, but that wasn't in the cards for me at that time to you know share all that and get real so. I was running my network marketing business off of that blog account. And then I kind of, when I quit corporate, I kind of just transitioned it onto my own personal account. So not only had I run that blog and really learned about Instagram, the algorithms, how to grow organically, like just been really knee deep in Instagram. I was running my network marketing business successfully off of only Instagram for like two years. So I knew... Thing or two about social media. And at this point, we are in the pandemic too. And we are really realizing how important social media is for businesses and how businesses need to be on social media because of this unprecedented times. You know, people aren't out and about. But also, like, if this stuff continues to happen, like, you need to have another way for your business to still make money. And So I decide, and I think I saw like a couple TikToks about like people being virtual assistants and stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And so I started a virtual assistant business. And I was, (laughs) I dove in, I built it so quickly. I was like, let's go. And I was taking any work that people would give me. Literally anything that people would pay me for. I was like, yep, I can do that. (laughs) And usually would have to go google it and figure it out later but i was doing like pinterest management i was doing seo on blogs i was doing like web design and graphics like i was doing anything and everything that people would pay me to do which at first i loved i was like how cool is this like I have new things to learn. I'm doing new things. Like, I'm not doing monotonous work. This is so awesome. And that faded pretty quickly. Constantly having to learn new stuff. Constantly, like, having to cover my ass and be like, yeah, yeah, I totally know this. I can totally help. And mm, it not, like, just, you know, not knowing it. So I was like, okay, I got into this in the first place, because I know social media. Let's niche down into that. But I just had such this lack mindset of being scared to niche down because I had no safety net. Like this had to work or I had no other options. So I was like, okay, let's, let's slowly niche down. So I started, you know, applying to more just like social media based jobs, and pushing more of that. So I wasn't having to like constantly relearn new things. And I kept doing that for a while. And that was working. But I was really starting to realize that as a virtual assistant, people looked to me for cheap, affordable, quick work. And I didn't really want to be looked at as the affordable option, the cheap option when I was creating incredible results for my clients. Like they were crazy, which was allowing the business to grow so quickly. But I decided from there that, you know, I could keep working with a bunch of clients for a few hundred bucks a month. But that it was gonna take a lot more clients to make money than it would if I just kind of niched down, started marketing myself as an expert, and raised my prices and just showed up as a social media manager instead of being a virtual assistant, kind of jack of all trades. So I started marketing myself as a social media manager, and just that simple change of how I showed up and it was how I marketed myself changed the absolute game I upped my prices I started working on retainer packages instead of charging hourly and that is where things really started going crazy I started signing huge clients I started signing clients for more than I had for more money than I had ever made in a month you know at, at corporate with any job and they were just one. Of my clients. And I was like, this is it. I have finally found something that works. I was having fun. And that's kind of, you know, how I got to where I am today. And then from there I started having to hire out help. At first I was doing everything on my own, which was a lot. It was exhausting. And I really was chained to my computer. I was chained to my phone having to do all of the postings, having to do all of the engagement for all of my clients. It was a lot. So I hired out a virtual assistant to help me. And then I hired another one. (laughs) And then I hired another one. And just kind of kept building out my team as the business kept growing. And there were definitely some growing pains there, which I will definitely talk about in another episode, like some specifics and things to look out for. But that was really... The birth of this business entirely and how, what it's grown into today. And I have no idea what this next year will bring, what my business will look like a year from today, because I just let it ebb and flow. I follow my gut on what I want to be doing, on who I want to be working with. I mean, if you would have told me a year ago that I would be launching a podcast, (laughs) I would not have believed it. I never would have expected that. So I don't have these big plans, like one year, five year, 10 year plans on what my business is going to look like that I feel like so many people do. Because if I'm being honest, you know, this entire career roller coaster has happened in five years. Like, Everything that I just told you, aside from like me growing up with my dad as a small business owner, like everything from my like from college and that internship to today, it's been five years. And I never would have (laughs) anticipated, expected any of this. If you would have told me when I was in college that I'd be running a marketing agency, I would have laughed in your face because I took two marketing classes (laughs) in college. Like I would not have believed it. So I don't spend all of this time and energy stressing and worrying about making this plan and really sticking to it and like knowing what my life will look like in five or ten years because I just know that I can't and some people might be able to and for some people I'm sure having that plan gives them like a sense of calm a sense of direction and for me it's better to just kind of like blow with the wind and keep my eyes open for opportunities and be willing to jump into the next thing. And know when it's time to leave something too. Like I'm not going to stay on a sinking ship. Like I'm, I'm out, um, and onto something new. If the ship, AKA (laughs) my network marketing opportunity, AKA corporate, like if that ship is sinking, I'm not going to hold on for dear life. I'm going to go find something else because I know that I can do that. And I feel like you can probably relate to that too as an entrepreneur. Like we just have that desire to find the next thing, to build the next thing, to do the next thing. So who knows where the business will go and what we'll be doing in another year or so. But that's kind of my story so far on how I've gotten here. And it has been a... Absolutely wild ride. Even just the past two years of owning the agency has been insane. So I'm really looking forward to being able to dive in more um, and get more granular, get more niche on those stories with you, share lessons um, and like actionable tips on things that I have done that have completely changed the game for me in business and how I have really kind of gotten a hold of my mental health, my mindset, um, just entrepreneurship in general. And share all of that with you. But I just kind of wanted to give you like a big overview, a big look into who I am and my story and kind of like why I'm here and how I'm here um, to give you guys some context on that. So stay tuned for more granular, deep episodes. That's what I'm really looking forward to being able to do is like take one little thing and share lessons with you out of that If there's anything I mentioned in this episode that you want me to elaborate on more, that you're curious about, that you have questions, please let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram at quincreative.co. That's the agency Instagram page. You can reach me there. Um, You can also reach me on at It's Courtney Quinn. That is my personal Instagram for like more of a look into like my personal life um, and like CEO lifestyle and all of that outside of the agency Instagram, or you can follow us at the female CEO show on Instagram and message us there. Um, but if there's anything you're interested in hearing about, uh, want me to elaborate on more, want me to dive into, want to dissect that together, let me know. And I would be happy to, but I'm super excited to see where, the show where this journey takes us and what we're able to build out of it. I already have so many incredible guests on the books with some really, really cool conversations. Let me pull up that list. I want to give you guys a little sneak peek into just some of the awesome guests that I have coming down the pipeline for you. So we're talking about the power of authenticity and storytelling and content. We have an episode on like working with your sister and marketing in the marijuana industry. We have an episode on maximizing productivity by working in your zone of genius and using small goals to achieve more. We're talking about ADHD and working as an entrepreneur with ADHD. Super excited for that one. Um, You know, we're talking about paying for business success with your health, both mental and physical We're talking about motherhood and running a business. We're talking about finances. We're talking about showing up online with confidence and authenticity. We're talking money mindset. We're talking feel-good marketing. We're talking empowered communication. And those are just guests that I have scheduled to come on within the next couple of months already. And that's aside from any like solo episodes that I'm going to be doing. But I'm really looking forward to hearing from you on what you want to hear what types of episodes you like. If you like solo episodes that are short, if you like solo episodes that are long, if you like interviews that are short, if you like interviews that are long, like what your favorite type of episodes are to listen to so I can deliver those. And if there's anything specific that you want me to dive into, but I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to my story today. I hope to see you back here soon for some more tactical information on how you can build your best life while building your dream business. That isn't going to absolutely run your life. We are building businesses and building our dream lives while, you know, keeping our mental health in check. So thank you so much for joining and I will talk with you soon.